Oh, man. It is a busy season. I, I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm glad each of you are here. Um, again, this time of year, there's, there's nothing like it. When you come into a place as beautiful as this and, and you see uh, the decorations, um, and again, just uh, to be together and, and, and worship is, is, is a pleasure. Um, but it's uh, beautiful uh, to just ride around and see lights right now. Uh, seems like the last year or two we have uh, kind of missed out on a few things. And, and the other night I was actually riding around and looking at some Christmas lights and just thinking, man, things are beautiful. God the Father sent His only Son for me. And we get to celebrate that this morning, and we get to celebrate it every day, but especially this time of year. Again, it's just special to come uh, together with people you love and worship Him. This morning, I'm going to kind of do what Mark does um, in his gospel. He don't beat around the bush a whole lot. He, he gets right to the message and the good news of Jesus Christ. So, no long story today. Some of you say amen, and we'll go on. But, uh, anyway, I'm going to start out just by reading the scripture. And again, it's Mark 1, and it's verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah. See, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, for that scripture. Lord, thank you again just for this time of year, for this season, Lord. And I pray that uh, you're with us this morning, that you bless all that we do, Lord. And I pray that uh, your words flow through me. Lord, that people here and the people at home that may be listening get the message that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A Savior is coming. A Savior is coming. And again, unlike the other three Gospels, Mark begins his writing by action. He immediately gets into the ministry of Jesus. Mark shares with us the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did while he was here on earth. 
Mark goes on and calls Jesus the Lord. He calls Jesus the Son of God. I want to talk to you about um, Jesus in this message. I also want to talk to you about John the Baptist as he, he, as he proclaims the word. But first I want to tell you, Jesus itself means salvation. Jesus, the word, means salvation or deliverer. You see, it's his human name. It's his name that reveals the reason why he came into the world, which was to deliver us, to deliver sinners. You see, the name Jesus declares his person. He's also called Christ. And don't get confused, Christ is not his last name. Christ identifies him as the Messiah, as the anointed one. The name Christ declares his position as a prophet, a priest, and a savior. But then Mark goes on. He goes on with these words, but he goes on and calls Jesus the Son of God. Mark lets us know on no uncertain terms that he's writing about the man who is no ordinary man. He's writing about a man who is God in the flesh. The name Son of God reveals and declares Christ's power. So the title declares four important truths regarding Jesus. He is truly human. He has a human name. It's Jesus. He's truly divine. He is the promised Messiah, and He is the Son of God. He is truly unique in the fact that He's both humanity and deity, all in one person. And He is the true source of good news. Jesus alone is the source of our salvation. That's who Mark is talking about in these first couple of verses. But first, I want to go back up just a little bit and talk about the man that Mark's writing about, the one that's coming before Christ to deliver. I'm going to talk about John the Baptist. We have John the Methodist here, but I'm going to talk to you about John the Baptist just for a moment. I'm not the first one to refer to him as that, I don't think. I thought I would. You see, this morning we're going to consider the beginning of the ministry of Jesus as Mark tells it, but again, I want to start with John the Baptist. I want to talk to you about just a few moments, I hope, and you hope. As we study John the Baptist, I want to study his mandate, his methods, his manner, and his message. Again, his mandate, his methods, his manner, and his message. Verses 1 and 2 talk about his mandate. Basically what he's called to do. John the Baptist is called to be a forerunner. I have no idea. All right. He's called to be a forerunner, which a forerunner in history has two purposes. The first purpose of a forerunner is to make sure the roads are passable and there's no delay as the king passes through. His job is to clear the path. And the second job of a forerunner is to let everybody know the king is coming. He's able to go along the route before the king and tell them, hey, the king is on his way. 
That's what John the Baptist came to do. And John the Baptist fulfilled both these duties as the ancient forerunner. But first, let's examine John's mandate. See, verses 2 and 3 tell us that he fulfilled Scripture from the Old Testament. He, he fulfilled two prophecies from the Old Testament. The first is found in Isaiah 43. It says, A voice cries out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight the desert a highway for our God. And then Malachi 3.1 says, See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to the temple. The messenger of the covenant is whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So John is there to clear the way. He's there to prepare the way for Jesus Christ, for our Savior. And he's appealing directly to the people. He's going right to the people. You see, Jewish leaders had kind of forgotten what it was all about to have a relationship with God. They had also all forgotten about the common man. It had become a religion of the elite. They had forgotten regular people. And in John, he embodied the message to the regular person. He proclaimed, he had a proclamation. He was a lone voice against the dead legalism that had become a part of the Jewish religion. He was a preacher in a dark day, and God used him to touch generations. You see, again, John the Baptist preached during a period of time when the Jewish religion had become more about legalism than religion. It had become more about ritual than a relationship. You see, the Jews were in desperate need of a spiritual revival. Now, the Gentiles, on the other hand, they had pretty much given up on religion and viewed most religious beliefs as superstition and foolish tales. You see, both groups needed just what John preached. They needed the truth. Does this sound familiar? Are we living in similar times right now? Are we searching for the truth? See, there's great news for us today. And there's a need for us to stand up, open our Bibles, open our mouths, and preach the Word of God. This scripture goes on in verses 4 and 5, talks about John and his methods. John's preaching. Again, he was first a preacher. He came telling people of the need of repentance. John came confronting sin and calling on people to repent. The word repentance means a change of mind, and it results in an action. Again, when we repent, we turn away from that sin that's got us separated from God. We turn away from that sin, and we start walking back towards God. That's the message that John the Baptist is preaching, is our need for repentance. And also, he's saying the Lord is coming. The Savior is coming. You need to prepare your heart for the coming of our Savior, for the coming of our Lord. You see, John's message was a message of change. John told the people that their repentance was important. And he talks about forgiveness and pardon of sins. And that repentance, when we're forgiven, it's as we, though we never sinned, it's as though it never happened. 
That's the type of repentance and forgiveness that, that John the Baptist is talking about. I'll be back with you in a moment. All right, maybe that'll work. That's what John the Baptist is talking about, that persistence, per, persistence renewing of your faith, that forgiveness, that when Christ forgives us, it's like we never committed that sin. The message is still applicable today. It's the same message we need to hear. You see, as Christians today, we need to lift up our voices against sin. We need people who will not allow position, prestige, prosperity, or popularity to stand in the way of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We need people who will not allow things of this world to get in the way of their walk with Jesus. We need people who will tell other people about the truth. You see, we need people to know the need of a Savior. We need to tell people about the need of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, people need to know that sin kills. And there's a consequence for the result of sin. That eternal damnation. People need to hear that. But we also need to tell people that through repentance and, and, and a relationship with Jesus Christ and asking for forgiveness, that he makes us whole again. You see, that's the truth that I'm telling you. That's the truth that people need to hear. Now, John's practice, he was a little different than a lot of people that they'd seen, in the religious world anyway. Again, he was one of them. He was one of them, but he was also probably even a little bit different than them. He looked different. He talked different. And he was baptizing people, which baptism wasn't brand new. Uh, in the Jewish faith, when Gentiles would con convert, they would be baptized. But John was not baptizing people to have their sins forgiven. He was baptizing people because their sins had been forgiven. That's why John was baptizing people. John was declaring publicly, and people who were being baptized were declaring publicly they had been changed by the power of God. They were baptized to give glory to God who had forgiven their sins and made them whole. In other words, baptism is about a changed life. See, that's what baptism still represents today. People are not baptized to be saved. People are baptized because we are saved. John's power. You see, John's power came because of what he was called to do. His power came from God. You see, people responded to John's preaching. And they came to him confessing their sins and turning from their sinful ways. We're living in hard times spiritually today. We desperately need to hear the message of John the Baptist. But again, John, in his manner, which is what verse 6 describes to us, is a little bit different. The clothes he wore were different. His appearance was different. The food he ate was different. He wasn't like everybody else. You see, John the Baptist was different. 
He didn't look like he was dressed to be a prophet. His hair wasn't kept like he was going to lead a Bible study. He was different. What John teaches us today is it's okay to be different than the world. Matter of fact, it's more than okay to be different from the world. We're called to bring a message, not as the world brings it, but as Scripture brings it, as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ brings it. You see, John and his message, which is described in verses 7 and 8, is the message of a humble servant. You see, John was a bold preacher, and he pointed people to Christ. But as he's pointing people to Christ, he reduces himself to the prophet that he is. And makes sure they know the message is not about him, it's about Jesus. That's his message. It's about our Savior. You see, John was calling people into a relationship with a Savior. The only one who could forgive them of their sins. And he told them that everyone that came to him by, by, to Christ by faith would be saved. You see, the message of John the Baptist was different than the message of the day. He did not preach to gain favor amongst men. He did not, he did not preach to gain favor for himself. His sole purpose was to point, point people towards Jesus Christ. He preached a simple message about a wonderful Savior named Jesus. He preached a simple message about the need of people to deal with their sins. He preached a message that people need to hear. And he preached a message that we need to hear today. You see, we're saved from our sins by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Any other way will disappoint us. We'll fall short. Or whoever we put our faith in will fall short. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we'll never be disappointed. We'll have eternal blessings. As we studied John the Baptist's mandate, his methods, his manner, and his message, I'm going to end by asking you a few questions here in a moment. Have you repented of your sins? Are you ready for the Savior? Are you ready to put your faith in a risen Savior? And are you ready to walk with Him every day? Those are the questions we need to be asking ourselves, not just during this time of year, as we're waiting on Christmas. We should be asking ourselves these questions every day so we can apply them to who we are and what we do. Have you repented of your sins? Are you ready for the Savior? And are you ready to put your faith fully and wholly in Jesus Christ? I pray that you can answer those questions to the affirmative, but if you can't, it's not too late. It's not too late to turn from your sins and walk towards Jesus Christ. He's there with open arms to welcome you. Well, if we've been on this journey a while and sometimes sin bogs us down, Sometimes we let things get in the way of us and our relationship with Christ. Just like sometimes we let the things of the world get in the way uh, during Christmas season of us actually celebrating the born Savior. We let the things, the busyness of the world get in that way. If you find yourself in that position today, I pray that you just fall on your knees 
and you give all honor and glory to Jesus Christ and live every day like a forgiven person. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for for sending your Son. Thank you for loving us so much that even when we don't deserve things, Lord, you offer us forgiveness. You offer us hope. And you offer us peace that can only come through you. Lord, I pray as we continue in this Advent season, as we look forward to Christmas, Lord, that we, uh, we have our eyes focused straight on you. And allow us to be bold enough to deliver your message to everybody we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.